I invite you to open your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 2. We're going to be starting in verse 8. Today we're reading the account of the shepherds and the angels, the part right after Jesus is born. One of the biggest themes of the Christmas story is revelation. Revelation is an announcement made in a very big and dramatic way. The narrative of Jesus is full of revelations. Have you ever stopped to think about how things get revealed? Sometimes companies like Apple make a big splash and invite the media over to their place so that they can unveil new products. It's a funny thing, though, because most of the time everyone knows what's coming, since those who watch Apple constantly figure it out and tell the rest of us. That's true in other places as well. The Fed raised interest rates this week, and it was reported before it happened that it was going to happen. So in some cases, there's a notion of what's going to happen because it's highly anticipated. Other times, we're hugely surprised when we hear what's going on. I love opening up Facebook and finding an announcement like this. Such a cute way to announce a pregnancy. Surprise! We're going to have a baby. Yet we know that big news isn't always happy. A divorce is announced. A terminal illness is disclosed. It comes out. Someone embezzled money or brought great harm to someone due to their own greed or hatred. These kinds of revelations are hard for us to absorb. But as we know, life is an ever-changing landscape. There are plans afoot, things that are happening all the time. Without our awareness in every sphere, the process of life brings surprise daily We even had our own big reveal earlier this year as a church, didn't we? We waited till we thought it was just the right time to announce the next pastor. So as a community, we would all know God's will moving forward. So then is it important to pay attention to how news is revealed? Big announcements are made for lots of different reasons. To bless to share, to inform, to prepare, to sell, to persuade. It seems to me that when something is revealed in a big way, we should look at what actually is being imparted by that revelation. When we do that, we might understand something that is being shown on a deeper level than what is simply being announced. This is a truth that we embrace as people of faith. In the realm of God, he reveals his plans to humanity so we can be involved in the kingdom that he longs for us to participate in. In his realm, he shows us, he reveals to us what's important because he longs for us to be involved with him in that. When we think about the different stories in scripture where the Lord has shown himself or made his plans known, it's always so humanity can join him in those times. And in those times, then praise is offered and people have a better understanding of the bigger picture of what's happening moving forward. God's nature is to share himself. It's to live in community with us, to tell us what he's doing Because he's on the move. 
In the passage we look at this morning, God purposefully reveals his newborn son in a setting of contrasts. He weaves together heaven and earth to celebrate Jesus, who's now living among his created beings. There's great darkness and there's huge light. There are lowly shepherds and celestial angels. And all of it shows that life is never going to be the same again. So let's read Luke 2, very familiar words, starting at verse 8. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Father, thank you for your word. May... Your presence, Lord, be made manifest among us. Amen. This Advent season, we are looking at people who were part of Jesus' arrival on earth. Those whom God specifically chose to reveal his plans had the opportunity to see miraculous events. Through their stories, we learn much about what it means to follow him. Luke tells the story of Jesus being born in a way that no one else does. Because scripture has such brevity in terms of Jesus' upbringing, what we have here in these verses is a treasure. There's a richness in this story, which fills us with awe year after year. When God makes himself known to his created beings, it's hard to miss it. And so there are two main ideas that I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how God reveals his plans to humanity and then how the shepherds respond to that revelation. And there are three subpoints in each, so we're going to talk about three ways that God unveils his plans first. First, we see that God reveals his plans with presence. Of all the announcements made in the Nativity story, this by far is the most dramatic. The shepherds are living out in the fields watching their flocks at night. Because it's dark, it must have been very light, like daylight, which is the glory of the Lord. And it must have made it seem all the more brighter. The holy presence terrifies them. This pattern follows the same pattern as Zechariah and Mary. The angel shows up, tells them not to be afraid, and then tells them what will happen But what's different is that this angel is not named. That's different from Gabriel in the other two stories. 
This has led some scholars to put forth the idea that this could have been the Lord himself. Like the Lord showed up in angelic form to Abraham and to Hagar in the Old Testament. What people think leads further to this idea is that the shepherds say, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that the Lord has made known to us. But the presence of an angel, be it the Lord or a celestial being from heaven, shows the significance of this event. It's kind of a peaceful pastoral scene, don't you think? It's nighttime and the shepherds are there. They're watching their flocks. It's kind of a routine thing. They know the drill. Nothing exciting really ever happens. Maybe a thief comes sometimes. Maybe a sheep wanders away. I also was thinking about how when people work at night, there's a stillness. Because everyone else is asleep. There's something very quiet. And then all of a sudden, here comes the angel, blazing with light to talk just specifically to them. So that they would remember this event. It would be burned in their minds forever. Before the angels even say a word. They know this is a big deal. The revelation of God is different than any other news. The angel and then the heavenly hosts live in God's presence. And the angel speaks directly to the shepherds. They are very different beings, but they have the same God. This word is not from a human source. It is beyond evident that this pronouncement is from God. And then God speaks assurance to them. That is always true. The angel doesn't want the shepherds to be afraid. They probably thought they were going to die in that moment. And the angel's like, don't be afraid. There is good news. God speaks to us in countless ways. Sometimes it's a whisper and sometimes it's angelic singing. Sometimes it's a strong impression or maybe it's a vision. The very nature of revelation is that God is conveying something to someone and his presence is part of that communication. Secondly, God reveals his plans with a message. The angels speak in the language that the shepherds can understand. That probably, though, is not their first language. Pronouncements of God are meant to be understood by those who receive them. Whenever God's presence is experienced, there's something that he is wanting to tell us. When we receive comfort, he's telling us that he is there, that he cares about us. In his provision, he is showing us that he is our provider. In conviction of sin, he's showing us that he is holy There's always something that the Lord wants us to know from him in our lives. The message that the shepherd received was good news. That in the city of David, there is born a baby. And the angel is quite specific about who this baby is. The Savior. The Messiah. The Lord. The shepherds know, born in the city of David, this means this is who they've been waiting for, the real thing, the Lord has brought a king. But this king is not just for Israel, this king is for all the people. Luke records the angel saying, this is great news for everyone, for all people. This is a special revelation 
just to the angels, just to the shepherds in the fields. But they are our representatives. They are representatives for all who will benefit from the new king being born. The message to the shepherds is for everyone. Some people see the shepherds as being despised in their culture and their community. Others see them as not educated and lowly. Others see them as being just regular people. The least of these, maybe. Others see shepherds as positive role models in scripture. Whoever they are, they're the first. They're the first to get the news that God has decided to come to earth. This is no ordinary evening. And it makes me think of what James says. Has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith? to inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him. We know about this event because God wanted us to know about it. When God speaks, it's an important moment. We never know what he's going to say or what he's going to make real to us. Thirdly, God reveals his plans with signs. When the Lord speaks to us, there is presence And there's a message, and there's a confirmation of what has taken place. The angels seem to want the shepherds to go and see the baby, although they don't say that. They don't say, yeah, you need to go. They say, this will be a sign to you. If you go, this will be your sign. There will be a baby wrapped in cloth. How many of those could there be in a manger? Shouldn't have been that hard, but I was. Oh, I think about how did they find him? Maybe the star was there. After this information is given, the whole sky is lit up with angels, a multitude of the heavenly hosts. Have you ever wondered how many a multitude is? The heavenly host is literally translated heavenly army, which feels like a lot. Sometimes you see an army marching and they just keep coming. Maybe there were the same numbers as there were stars in the sky. It could have been ten. It could have been thousands. It could have been who knows. And they were all singing, which amplifies the whole experience. The angel says there's a sign of a baby wrapped in cloths in a manger. But right in front of them, there's another sign. The heavenly sign of the angels. That what the angel said was true. The angels sing glory to God in the highest heaven. It's often noted how Jesus came and there was no human fanfare. Besides his parents and now the shepherds, not very many know that Messiah has been born. Later on, the kings and the prophets of the temple. But this is a party of heavenly beings giving God praise for who he is and what he has done. And they say he's bringing peace to those who will believe. Peace on earth literally means all the blessing of salvation. Peace between people and God, whom God delights. That is all of us. Everybody gets the blessing of salvation who wants it. So we've talked about how God reveals his plans. Let's talk for briefly from this passage about what that revelation then leads the shepherds to do and how that leads us. First, God's revelation leads people to meet Jesus. 
This is the most important part of the story. The shepherds get to go and come into contact with the Lord first. They're like the first visitors to the hospital after a baby is born. They got to go see that baby. They believe the word of the angel and they want to go see what has caused this show in the night sky. When God makes his plans known to us, it should cause us to seek him. Not to run away, not to go in the other direction. And think about this. Many of the other players in this story were deemed to be righteous. Mary, Elizabeth, Zechariah, Joseph, Anna, and Simeon. They were chosen by God, Luke says, because of obedience and because of knowledge of him. Now, that might be true of the shepherds, but it doesn't say that which makes them such great representatives for all of us. God makes himself known to those who might not even believe in him, who might not even know who he is, and then points them to his son. This is good news for all people. Secondly, God's revelation leads the shepherds to praise. After they see Jesus, they go and make known to everyone who will listen what has happened. They give testimony. Who knows if people believed him, but they said they were amazed. Exaltation is a normal response to God's work among his people. Not only do they tell others, but they return to the fields, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. While there is a huge contrast... To the shepherds and the angels, they are almost identical in behavior at this point. They have returned to their nightly routine, but nothing was as nothing is as it was for them. I picture them trying to sing the song that the angels sang, Glory to God in the highest, peace among those whom he fears. But they've met the living, awe inspiring, majestic God who has intervened in their lives. They've seen for themselves, and now they join the angels in that adoration, full of God's presence, having seen and agreed that this miracle is from the Lord on high. Lastly, God's revelation, lead those who hear about his work to amazement. In verse 18, it says that those who heard what the shepherds say were amazed. Marveled is actually the original word there. They marveled. At what the shepherds had to say. Sometimes when we hear about someone who experiences God's presence, we get resentful. Because it doesn't, didn't happen to us. Sometimes we think that people are over-spiritualizing. Or we're skeptical of what they say. But who are we to say how God works? We don't know if people believe, but they... It says that they were amazed and they marveled at what the shepherd said. My prayer for the body of Christ is that we will always rejoice when someone says they have heard from the Lord. That we would believe them and that we would join them in that rejoicing. Because it's not a competition. We may not understand why God reveals to some and not to others, why he reveals in this way to some and to this way a different way, but we should always offer praise that we serve a God who speaks to humanity still. We should encourage and not squash the spirit who might be trying to speak to us through the testimonies of those people. 
whenever we hear of the Lord's presence being made known, it should cause us to seek God ourselves. This part of the story also reminds us that yearly we have the opportunity to wonder at the king who would become a baby. Mary pondered all of these things in her heart. This time before Christmas is a time to be still, to seek to wonder, to marvel ourselves at the stories afresh and not allow them to become so familiar that we discard them. That we take time in quiet so we might be amazed as we contemplate the richness of what God has done. When Jesus was born, the chasm between heaven and earth was opened in a new way. And it culminated in a new age that we get to live in God wants to show the world what he's doing. He does this in so many different ways, showing up still to reveal his heart and his mind to those who would follow. What we take away from the story of the angels and the shepherds is that we have a God who loves us and wants to be known by us. You see, the revelation about the baby wasn't simply about going to see a newborn in the hay. It was about how God had come to bring his presence to earth in a way that no one had ever seen. So this Christmas, allow the truth of God's revelation to be made real to you. In new life-giving ways, ask him to continue to speak to you daily about what he's doing and how he wants to use you. If it's true, what Pastor Ralph Stockman says, that the hinge of history is in the door of the Bethlehem stable, then that door swings open through God's revelation to us. Let us pray.